The Oregon College Savings Plan can help fund your child's dreams and ideas. But it's not just for college. It's also the trade school savings plan and the books and materials savings plan, even the room and board savings plan. With fewer educational expenses to think about, your kids can focus on what matters, their future. Start saving today to support your child's tomorrow. Learn more at OregonCollegeSavings.com. Recording. Live on Facebook. I have mangoes just falling off the tree onto my Whoa, roof. I, I hope they're ripe. Them. Yeah, I can hear them hitting up above my head. <laughs> oh, it's looking good. Randy, just a quick question. Do you prefer I look at you or the camera? Either one. Okay. Doesn't matter. Come on. Okay. Welcome to the Courageous Recovery Broadcast. I'm your host, Randy Mortensen. This is a weekly 15 to 20 minute program where we provide answers for your I don't know how. Whether you're dealing with recovery issues, emotions from a loss, or maybe life has just thrown you one more curveball than you expected, I'm glad you're here. Today, I'm, I'm just very blessed to have Robin Clare as, as my guest, and I'll tell you a little bit more about her in a minute. The huge blessing for me is that you're taking time from busy schedules to watch this live broadcast, and we literally have people on from coast to coast, and I think the last time I looked, we were at 15 or 16 foreign countries that are mm -hmm. tuning in on, on the podcast. Thanks for taking time from your busy schedules. As always, for more information about me, you can visit my personal website, which is randymortensen.com. That's Randy, last name Mortensen, M-O-R-T-E-N-S-E-N. -E Later in the show, I'm going to talk a little bit more about the 21-point assessment that's a tool on that front page of the website to determine whether you or a loved one qualifies for one of my programs called the Lifestyle Champion Cohort. And... The way I would asked Robin's permission to, to sort of welcome her and introduce her is to read what she wrote to me in a, a, a podcast group that we're a part of. And here's what Robin had to say. She said, do your listeners love their food, alcohol, drugs, sex, social media, cigarettes, or gambling a little too much? I don't know about any of you listening, but I think there may be one or two of you that might be doing that a little too much. The traditional narrative says that addiction to these vices is the problem. 
However, the truth is that they're really just symptoms because underneath every vice is the addiction to suffering. We become addicted to suffering because we do not love ourselves, Robin writes. Guide your listeners to an eye-opening awareness that they are worthy of a life without suffering. Learning to love, other, learning to love ourselves is the one true solution to addiction. Robin, those words are awesome. Thank you. I even, I even had goosebumps listening to my own words. <laughs> <laughs> so you get your own writing gave you goosebumps. So that's yes. awesome. So, so anybody that's listened to, to this show for a while knows that my opening favorite question is this. What is one thing you know now that you wish your 22-year-old self would have known? Yes, I, I, I'm thinking about that question, and what I thought, there were so many things, right? I could answer it something practical or something career-wise, but what I've really discovered is that our soul is leading the way, and that we are a soul being, having a human being experience, and our soul has a destiny that it desires to, to fulfill. And it's going to take us down a road, and we're, the road is going to be good, bad, and ugly. <laughs> and I think at 22, what would have been awesome, I would have loved to have known how to, to speak to my soul, how to look at my soul, and, and to live in alignment with it the best that I can, instead of struggling with with things that were bothering me or knowing that I guess knowing that all things serve in our lives. Right. right. And that at 22, if I knew that, Oh my goodness, I think my life would be so different than, than, than the path that I took. And yet I wouldn't change a thing, Randy, because yeah. if I hadn't lived that 40 year journey of addiction, I wouldn't have been able to write the book that I wrote. Right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and what I would, my feedback is, is my 22-year-old self wouldn't have been intelligent enough. To, well, mm -hmm. I probably had the intelligence, but I wouldn't have taken the time to really have that reflection either. Yes. Right? That it's all about the soul. It's who I am deep inside. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it, 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 it's, it's interesting for me to just view your path where you left the traditional business career to be become your authentic spiritual self. So mm -hmm. you left that successful 25-year MBA career in both the public and private sectors, and you're now pursuing a mission as, as a speaker, a life coach. You coach on writing also mm -hmm. as an author. So what was one of the most challenging things that you overcame as you made that decision to transition from the corporate life? Yeah, so I'm just going to step back even a few, few things. I grew up in a neighborhood where I was the only girl, and I only had brothers. <clears throat> so I really knew how to play with boys. And so when I came into corporate America, and you know, coming in in the early 80s, women had to really be tough and they had to um, really be able to work twice as hard as men in order to have the, the same type of career and get past uh, biases against women at that time. And so when I finally was able to leave corporate, 
I sort of left that masculine energy off to the side, which was a really big mistake. Because in, in the way that I think about it, I think of our feminine energy as our creator, creatrix part of our world, cre- creating and collaborating, but our masculine energy is more of our abundance energy. And I think if I had brought my masculine with me into this spiritual <laughs> world, I think I would have done earlier, I would have been able to better um, assess what my value was. Like I didn't know how to price myself. I didn't know what to charge. I would, as my husband lovingly referred to, I would negotiate with myself (laughs) (laughs) in a negotiation. And he'd be like, who's talking here? Not the woman who was the head of procurement, right? Right, right. Or Or the corporate controller defending all of the corporate budgets from the from the business heads, right? To make sure we had HR and things like that. I'd be like, uh, what would you like to pay? You know, cause I'm spiritual now. And, um, and so I think what I would have loved to have done is to bring that feminine, uh, ener- no, excuse me, that masculine energy with me, but in a more powerful way, other than a feisty corporate way. I didn't wow. really know how to be non feisty at, the beginning, so I sort of went the complete goddess direction, <laughs> wow. and now I've swung back into the middle, where I, I'm I'm living both my feminine, creative energies, but my masculine. This is a business, and I need to run it that way. And yeah. so, but boy, at the beginning, that was so hard. And then, jokingly, I didn't realize coming out of corporate that I had to figure out where the paper was and how to fix my computer and <laughs> by uh, yourself on your by own by myself I'm like where's the paper <laughs> like right? I didn't have like a, a place where there was paper or someone to come and fix my computer I'm like oh boy okay I am now everything and so that that was a big adjustment too but but I'm good at it now I'm good That's- at fixing things and trying to figure out what's going on well and 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 I think 95%, maybe 99% of, of any of us in coaching struggle with the valuation mm-hmm. issue, right? But yet, what I say often is my least favorite type of consulting is unpaid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's my least favorite type of coaching yes. and consulting is unpaid. <laughs> and and yet, I, I, I don't know if you and I talked about this last week, but one of the, one of the realizations for me is is if your fees aren't mid middle mid level to higher level, people feel that you're just not worthy of of them spending more money, like in speaking engagements, uh, for yes. instance, or coaching. So yes. it's a difficult. It's it's a pricing is a challenge. There's no question. Yeah, about it. and I also always say to my clients, price yourself to the point where you're on on the on the edge of where your comfort level is. Right. Because if you go beyond your comfort level, you can't hold that energy either, right? So right. just push yourself to the edge. You can always give someone a discount, right? A scholarship. You can always make a deal with someone. Sure. But what you want to do is put yourself out to the edge of your comfort level. That's the best way to say it. And then see who arrives. Because I, I do believe it's like a graph. If 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 I'm charging more... Then the people who who can afford me 
come. And then, you know, and then it turns into one of these. So not to say I overcharge, but then, so the amount that I value myself, and maybe this is the best way of saying it, the amount that I value myself always equals the people who value me. Right. 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 And so that's the advice I would really give value yourself so that you bring in customers who value what you do. Right. And that you just answered the next question I was going to ask you is because I have a number of female coaches that are on on this and that and I say female males struggle the same way. But you were talking about the fem, you know, being feminine as, as well as being masculine. And and I think there's there's been that poison or that toxicity for female entrepreneurs even. And, and it's so wrong. Um, I mean, doing the work we do in Haiti, I, what I say is, is the females actually run the country of Haiti because they're the workers. They're the mm-hmm. ones that get things mm-hmm. done. But it's, it's been that, that lack of confidence. I think it's really a lack of of value, Randy. I, I once said. was, I was really in. A, I was once in a conference where men and women were in us like negotiating with each other, and the and the um, it was a negotiation conference. And the teacher said that in a simulation, women kick men's butt, but in the real world, women tend to lose the negotiation. And he said the reason is because they don't know their own. They don't know when to walk away. Wow. Right. They don't know what that point is in the negotiation where they're willing willing to say, I'm done with this deal. This doesn't work for me. Wow. And so that's something that I had to learn too is what when am I willing to walk away from the deal? When am I willing to know that if I walk away, my divine, right, bringing this back spiritual, right. will provide me with another opportunity. Right. Because right. I'm here to serve. I'm clearly committed to the serving and to making an impact. And so I know that success is measured by impact and impact is rewarded with abundance. And so if I, wherever I serve, there will be impact. That's awesome. So I can let go. Here's, here's the next question I'm going to ask, but but talk about your motivation to to write the book feast Mm -hmm. and famine. So it's a good segue, but before we do that, I'd, I want to just share with, with our listeners that I, I actually have a eight-week program called the Lifestyle Champion Cohort, which we use this Zoom technology, and it's a 90-minute weekly meeting, and it's really three phases. One is evaluate, two is equip, and the third is, is enjoy of those phases. And if you want more information on that, you can just text CHAMPION to 66866. That's CHAMPION to 66866. And again, to determine your eligibility, you can actually go to my website, randymortenson.com. The 21-point assessment is there. And my office number is 321-757-HOPE. So Robin, there's going Mm -hmm. to be a ton of people that are going to be intrigued about what you're saying. Yeah. What's the best way for for our guests to to be in touch with you? Yeah, so my website is um, clarity.com, C-L-A-R-E-I-T-Y.com. It's a play on my name and, and the word. And then on Instagram, I'm Clarity by Robin and Facebook Clarity with Robin. Got it. Okay, so it's Clarity, C-L-A. R E dash I T Y. Very clever. Thank you. Com. <laughs> and so good. And, and when, when, uh, when I post this, I'll put those uh, connections in, into the notes also mm-hmm. for sure. Thank you. So, okay. Back to, back to the, the very important item. 
your motivation to write the book, Feast and Famine. You mm-hmm. kind of alluded to it, but I'd love yes. for you to share a little bit about your awareness uh, also. So this yeah. the microphone is yours. Yes. So thank you. So I am a... Um, I'm I'm a author and but I do books on behalf of the ascended masters. So I work with the spiritual realm to write books for them that they would like humanity to read. And so the first two books I wrote, Messiah Within and The Divine Keys, I actually wrote in addiction. And I put them out there, but I really couldn't hold the energy of them because I kind of felt like a fraud, <laughs> to be honest. And um and then and then I, I was asked to write Feast and Famine, Healing Addiction with Grace. And I knew that it was time. I always knew that I would be writing about my addiction, but, but I wrote Feast and Famine in addiction. And then at the end, I had no ending. It was like, I hope this works for you. It didn't work for me. Have a nice life. Hmm. And I'm like, okay, I've got to put this book down. And so finally, I, I was able to come into recovery, and then I rewrote the book. So I think the, the reason, I mean, I think the book, the, the, the topic speaks for itself, that we're truly addicted to suffering. And what, you know, what is suffering? And for me, suffering is as simple as wallowing in your pain. Like, how do you, how do you get out of that? right? And the, and the key to get out of that, because suffering is an option. So the key to get out of wallowing is to surrender your pain, right? And when I say surrender your pain, it's not like, oh, here, take my pain now. You know, <laughs> it's, a, it's a true surrender. Like, I am never going to do this again. And then what happens is the resources arrive, the grace arrives for you to be able to find who is the best team to help me to not only um, come into recovery, but come into lasting recovery because I have been able to heal my trauma that was creating the suffering. And ultimately, um, by what you read at the beginning, ultimately when you heal your trauma, what you do is you move out of self-loathing and back into self-love, which is our natural state. Awesome. Awesome. And, and for that person who's listening today, dealing with a food addiction and bulimia, what words of encouragement might you offer? Yeah, words of encouragement. I would say to them that I would like them to use me as an example of someone that is not only healing, but I'm also working on being having a strong sense of wellness. So I'm working on a full mind, body, spirit, and emotional approach to my wellness. And so it's not just about going on a diet. It never is, right? But it's about if you're, so here's an example. Perhaps you're overeating because you're lonely. That instead of reaching for all that food, reach out to someone, right? Reach out to your own divine in meditation or prayer, right? Reach out to other things other than food, right? Find out what you're truly hungry for, right? And fill that void in you or that pain in you with the love from someone else or the love of yourself. So it is possible to move as I shared before, from this place of self-loathing, because anytime we're in suffering, we're not happy with ourselves. 
Right. Right. And I don't think self-loathing is that is too strong of a term. I think we have to find out what will bring us back to self-love. And so for me, I, I, I had a very wide team of, I had a mental health professional, a naturopath, a, a regular physician, energy healers, spiritual teachers. Like I just kept bringing in the people that could bring me to the place that I wanted to in order to have an integrated mind, body, spiritual, and emotional approach to life. Perfect. It's mm-hmm. the holistic approach. Mm-hmm. And one final question. What what measures do you believe will be most effective in, in, in crushing the stigma that exists from addiction, substance use disorders, bulimia? What do, what do you what do you think it will take for us or what might we pursue to crush the stigma? Well, I think if we can all recognize that we are all suffering. I, I don't think there's anyone that gets through this life without it because you would have to tell me that you've had no traumatic experiences in your life. And right. life is, you know, a pain is inevitable. That's the first part of this divine healing path. So pain is like death and taxes. You are not getting out of this without pain. And yeah. so from that pain, if you don't heal the experience that you that you experienced from the pain, you are going to move into suffering. How deeply you suffer, I guess that depends on who you are and how bold you are to to look at your suffering. So your question was how do we get how do we get out of this? No, I think, yeah. Yeah. I think that the, the, how we get out of it is to recognize that we are truly um, suffering and that, and to accept it. And once you can accept it, move into acceptance, you can move forward with your life. And in the stigma, the stigma that I, that I referenced, I mean, one out of four people are struggling in the United States today. Mm-hmm. So it's either you or, you know, a loved one, a spouse or, or a coworker. And, and we're seeing overdose deaths that have tripled since the 1990s. And there's 130 overdose deaths a day in the United States. It's costing our economy somewhere over $800 billion. So yes. to, to my listeners, if you know someone who's struggling today, or maybe you're that person who's struggling that with that compulsive and destructive behavior, please don't wait another day. As Robin mentioned earlier, reach out to somebody you trust. Mm-hmm. Reach out to me at, you can call my office at 321-757-HOPE or, or get in touch with, with Robin. Yes. Call someone you know and trust because those who are dying are husbands, wives, sons, and daughters of someone who loves them. Today's the day. Yeah, so as, we, as, as we sign off here, I hope you found this information helpful. Mm-hmm. Look for the replay of this to be available on usual podcast online outlets like Buzzsprout, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and others. Have a blessed day and be extraordinary today. Thank you. The Oregon College Savings Plan can help fund your child's dreams and ideas. But it's not just for college. It's also the trade school savings plan and the books and materials savings plan, even the room and board savings plan. With fewer educational expenses to think about, your kids can focus on what matters, their future. Start saving today to support your child's tomorrow. Learn more at OregonCollegeSavings.com. Where you live shouldn't limit your access to quality internet. 
that's not fair. U.S. Cellular introduces fast and fair high-speed internet. With reliable home internet from U.S. Cellular, now there's no limit to how you stream, game, and work. So instead of this, you get this. Upgrade to fast and fair high-speed internet from U.S. Cellular. Upgrade to fair 